Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The directorial debut of Tammy Minoff, Limerence, is a cleverly crafted revision of romantic comedy, a free-spirited and aspiring painter by the name of Rosemary moves to Venice, California, where she falls for a charismatic gallery director and learns that commitment is a choice, love is not. Limerence is about finding love, adapting to change, and realizing you may not be ready for what you think you want. And the film, again, is called Limerence, and we're joined today by the lead actor, producer, and director, and that would be Tammy Minoff. Tammy, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, so excited to be here. I am, I am too. And I'll tell you, <laughs> this is a, it is a, it's is a film with a lot of charm. You really are um, pulling for all of the characters in this film to find what it is they're looking for. And that's due in no small part to your ability as uh, the actor in, in the film, the lead actor, and, and, your, and your charm. You're, you have a very positive energy to you in this film and not that your character is always super happy but it's just that you have a real <laughs> presence on screen and I, I really think it comes across in Limerence. Thank you. Tell me where the story came from. So the the story, it actually started as a play um, which I wrote um, several years ago and uh, had no idea it was going to be a movie when I when I started all of this and we um, we did the play in Los Angeles and had an amazing sold out run. And in the second, I guess it was the second performance. Brad Zions, who is um, my producing partner on this, ended up being in the audience. I I didn't know him. I'd never met him. He came there to see the actress in the play, and he was like really responded to it. And we met. He wanted to meet me, and he said, "I, I think we should do this as a movie, and I want to produce it." And he had produced. Kissing Jessica Stein and Iron Abbey, so he was, you know, established in the indie film world, and I was thrilled. It was definitely kind of like a kismet sort of moment um, for us. We adapted, you know, so I, I got to work writing the screenplay and adapting it from this play into the film. The idea of the play happened completely by accident. I was actually um, in a class, and I wrote a monologue for an actor, and it was the first thing I'd ever written, and um, Chris Messina, who's a fantastic actor and director, um, was a part of it. And he was like, this is really good. I think you should keep writing and develop it into a play. So that was how, that's how the original idea actually came to be. And, and here we are today. Now the movie is coming out. Kind right, of wild. right. The movie is coming out. Well, I want to go back for, uh, to the play for a second. So you were not playing sure. the lead in the play. I was. I, I wrote the play and I acted in the play. Oh. I didn't direct. Okay. Um, so I had written it that with, um, you know, that in mind, but then it became clear as we were adapting it and through that process that I wanted to direct the movie. So Brad comes in, Brad Zion comes in, Zion's yeah. comes in and as a producer. And so just for people who are filmmakers listening to the show, kind of some interest, sure. what was the timeline between Brad's involvement and then where we are today? Well, what are we looking at? How um, I'm trying to remember now. I, it was about a year 
a year and a half of, you know, adapting, development, fundraising, and then we shot the film. And then it was, it was a total of three years from that until now. We did the festival circuit, and then we were at some film markets and got, you know, our awesome agents involved who helped to sell the film and get distribution. Um, so it takes a long time to make a movie. I guess that's not the longest process that, uh, of, of all the movies out there. There are films that take way longer, but it, it's definitely a marathon and uh, not a sprint. Right. Well, and as we speak today, we're at the very first part of uh, 2020, and the film is uh, actually going to be in release starting on January 7th. Talk, talk us through a little bit about uh, the sort of what's happening with it. Yeah, so right now... Right now, you can pre-order it on iTunes, but then on tom- tomorrow, January seventh, um, will be released globally. So it'll be on almost all platforms. It's going everywhere, which is really exciting um, yeah. and uh, feels like a big accomplishment. Well, thank you. I wanted to get the sort of business part of of our discussion out of the way because sure. I want people to know how they can sure. see this film. Because I, I again, I was very impressed with with the uh, the kind of the energy, the chemistry in this film. And I think, in no again, no small part has to do with you and Matthew Del Negro as Tom. You play Rosemary, Rosemary in the film, or Ro, as he refers to you. Um, and I thought yeah. the really just terrific, uh, terrific energy between you. Um, tell me, did did you? How did you get to know Matthew? Was he part of the casting process, or did you get um, did yeah uh, before that? He, first of all, he's fantastic Uh, he's a brilliant actor he's funny he's charismatic he's a handsome guy some might say um and he is one of the nicest people ever and we met him um actually chris messina the same actor who's his good friend uh i called him um and said you know because chris was sort of involved through early stages of this project and was kind of a mentor to me in, in, in a lot of ways and i said you know we're having auditions for this Tom character. We're meeting with lots of actors. We're seeing tapes and reels and the whole thing. And I, I said, not, no one's really quite what, what you know, I have in mind. And we're having trouble. It's a, it was a challenging part to cast. And he said, oh, my gosh. He, he was like, let me get off the phone and think about it. And then it was like a bolt of lightning. He was like, I got it. He was like, you have to um, talk to my friend Matt Del Negro. I think he was like, if you guys don't cast him, you're idiots. You know, he was very <laughs> passionate about it. And so... Um, which I, I love uh, when, when people go to bat for, for actors like that. Um, they're good friends. And I watched some of his work, and then Brad and Matt and I met, and we ended up talking for about three hours, and I just thought, this is our guy. And he was very involved over the next year because we were still rewriting the script, and um, I worked with him a lot to develop the character for him specifically. It changed greatly from the time we met him to what we shot and he was really involved in in the whole creative process with us and he's just fantastic and felt I felt very lucky to have him uh when we were shooting and now looking and watching the movie I think uh it really works but we were friends we became friends before we shot which was nice so there was the rapport there definitely and trust and and all of that um and we both really wanted to to make it work because I, I think if the chemistry between those two characters doesn't work. There's sort of no point to watching the movie. So <laughs> it was a big thing to get uh, to get that right with the right actor. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about the 
did you shape the character as you got to know him or did it just feel like in in the in the original script that it that, that character needed some some something more or different or what how much did you getting to know him and getting to know sort of his personality shaped the development of Tom uh, moving forward in the script I, I think it shaped it a lot I mean okay. Tom was the character that I, I felt like at that point in time which was probably a year before we shot needed the most work and I, I had the thought that whoever we cast were really going to I was hoping to find someone who was collaborative in that way and was going to help to you know develop it with me so yeah it really it really changed dramatically it's, it's one of the things we did it in part with all the actors because I, I don't know, I think it's one of the most exciting and it really, if you do it in the right way, it really works because there's characters on the page and then you bring actors in, they have great ideas, they are themselves. And if you want those performances to feel authentic, the more it can, it can come from parts of themselves and, and parts of who they are as an actor, as opposed to being stuck in maybe what you had in your head. It really, really can open up the whole film. And, you know, Matt and the guy who plays Donald, they're friends in the movie. They're also friends in real life, which mm-hmm. was, again, somewhat accidental. The guy who plays Leo is my best friend for many years, Billy Aaron Brown. We have a real-life friendship. So I, I love the, using the relationships to your advantage on screen because I think it really helped tell the story. Well, and I, I completely agree. As long as it's in service to what the, the story is and what you're hoping to yeah. accomplish with it, that is the other X factor in all when you're doing something like that, I would assume. Sure. And, uh, and I, I want to just go back to, you know, sort of I talked about the chemistry between the two of you. What I really appreciated about both of you, both of your characters and the way that you played them, are free of really any affectation. I, I really felt like mm. with with, with uh, both of you, it just felt very very unforced. And oftentimes, when yeah. the, films like this, uh, sort of a romantic comedy, dramedy, how, I don't know how you would characterize the film, but it, it, there's a lot of there's usually one or two characters who are so affected that it can really throw the whole movie off. That it feels just completely. Whether you're going kind of for a realistic portrayal of people trying to figure out a relationship, or you in, you end up in the in the realm of kind of um, over the top and in order in service to trying to make people laugh, and your film doesn't do that. Right. And I and I, I thank I, you. And I and that's what I'm watching, and I just was so drawn to you um, make some hard choices for as your character in the film, um, Matthew. In, in terms of Matthew Del Negro's portrayal of Tom, he is—he sounds like you actually know each other and actually care about. It. And when mm-hmm. under the dialogue actually sounds like what people would be saying to, to one another, and he seems his character seems to be really interested in making this relationship work. Both of you do, but I mean, it's—he is all the things you said. He's, you know, intelligent. He's a good-looking guy. Obviously, the character he portrays Tom is doing well shall we say, uh, yeah. we set it up that he is no, you know, no problem with the women uh, in his life. And, but, it, but it, when, he, when you two begin to get to know one another, it feels like a, a character who's really interested in making this work. And I think that's yeah. just the key. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you hit it on the head. And, 
you know, creating those really, creating that and having it feel authentic, for me, it is what makes it different than, you know, especially more traditional romantic comedies or dramedies. Like, I really wanted to explore what is it like to fall in love? What does it feel like? And, and then what happens in that relationship? And, you know, I think that it's certainly my taste as a, a director and a writer. And when I watch a movie is that I, I'm really drawn in and I feel like I can see myself in those people or they remind me of somebody I know I, I'm much more in it than, yeah, I, I find, I don't know. Cause I also love comedy, but I find the best comedy actually comes out of those real moments, those awkward moments, human moments. And so that's, that's kind of was our, our goal was to always keep it really grounded so that people could see themselves and connect to it and, and, uh, and get it. Right. Well, let's, uh, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Tammy Minoff, and she is the director, producer, and lead actor in the film Limerence. And I'm going to ask you about the, the title. Sure. Uh, there, the And title. I wrote it down because it's in the very, very beginning mm-hmm. of the film, uh, and mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it is. So the, the title, Limerence, and it's uh, at the very beginning of the film we see, it's a state of mind which results in in an involuntary romantic attraction to another person, especially combined with an overwhelming need to have one's feelings reciprocated. Now, I know that's a long ways to go, but basically, what is the what were you trying to convey with that particular point? It's um, limerence is it's you know infatuated love. It's, it can be a bit obsessive it's I believe it's like what happens at the beginning of a relationship in the honeymoon period when in today's uh today's day you're obsessed are they going to text me back the the feelings I think are um while we all think of falling in love as this beautiful wonderful thing and it is but there's also an overwhelming element to it um and it's almost in certain circumstances can feel like too much but I think that that's it's a really interesting part of a romantic relationship because it does that period does end you know we don't feel like that 10 years down the road and watching that change happen and how it all sort of plays out was very interesting to me you know and some people look at limerence when people are really you know on one end of the spectrum it can almost be a pathology you know I, I tend to think it's more just those beginning honeymoon feelings when you're just obsessed with the person and you want to spend every second with them and Certainly, we, we explore this in Limerence. It can uh, charges great art and music and all kinds of things are created uh, during that time and space. So, right, right. Yeah. Right, and, and, and we, we see that manifest itself in the, uh, in the May-Donald relationship uh, in the film where sure. we, we see that 10 years later, right? That, yeah, that obsessed, what does it look like? What does and it look like, yeah. I, I think it... And it's interesting, you know, I and I don't know the answer to this question. It's like, oh, what was May and Donald's beginnings like? Were they in that heightened, frenzied romance? Did they ever have that? Do you need that at the beginning of a relationship to have it last? I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions, but these were all questions that I, I wanted to ask, you know. And that's right. what I try to do with the movie is not really answer questions, but ask them. And right. hopefully people will think think about the answers for themselves. And... I think I mean I'll throw I'll I'll just uh, chime in on this great question of love and relationships. I, I think especially when you meet someone who's interesting and 
and shares your perspective and or whatever there's so much energy that you put into it all that yeah. energy and this other person is giving you that energy back because they're in love with you and you're in love with them and and at some point unfortunately i think for the, no matter what people change and energy between people dissipates and or deflects into another direction and suddenly you find yourself looking at the, across the table wondering why <laughs> <laughs> I think these yeah. things are just inevitable. I, I know. I don't think it's yeah. a bad thing. I think, and that's what I think, really what Neither I took I. away from, from your film is, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I liked about Rosemary and her, and her and her particular perspective and outlook on life is that, you know, change is difficult and challenging and, and sometimes painful, but it is kind of inevitable. And why should we why should we be ashamed of the fact that we all change and why why does everybody involved have to feel terrible about it right and right. and and all your well, right. your and your characters with Donald and May they reconcile in ways and that may not even as painful as the the direction of their relationship and all you know so i i'm i'm with you on this perspective i just sort of share my own idea about these kind of things and that is yeah it doesn't have to be recriminate it doesn't have to be all the different hateful and and awful and horrible just it's just life right i mean isn't it yeah <laughs> and relationships are constantly growing and evolving i think as we grow and evolve as people and you know i think a more immature outlook might be, you know, and especially like Rosemary's learning this and to expect that to la to stay that way or to always want it that way and to, you know, kind of hold on to this idea, you know, it, it doesn't work. I mean, and then the other kind of romantic relationship I think we um, begin to explore, although there's much more to this, is, you know, unrequited love and how we idealize somebody and the friendship between Leo and Rosemary and what does that look like? I think most people I know have been both men and women, a Leo in their life where they're really, you know, enamored with somebody and see them in this way. And, and is that real? You know, I, again, I don't know. I just, um, I think they're all different parts of relationships. And I, and I think the other thing the film hopefully touches on is the grass is a little bit always greener. You know, everyone is looking at someone else's relationship and how, and their life and, wouldn't that be great? And if you've been on both sides, if you've been in the limerent part of a relationship, and then afterwards, we look back longing for the old way, and then when you're kind of in the chaotic newness of it, you know, you want to maybe feel more settled. I don't know. I think those are things people yeah. really struggle with and deal with and think about. This is your your directorial debut. We talked about that at the beginning yeah. of the interview. Uh, director, producer, lead actor in the film. What are you taking away from this experience, other than the fact that you made a really cool film? Um, but what Thank what you. are the lessons learned for you? Are you do you have the bug? Do you want to continue to do this as a director? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we, I I'm very excited to continue directing. I'm I'm directing another um, short film in January. That's now today. It's January <laughs> <laughs> this month. <laughs> Where's my brain? So we're in pre-production on that. I'm developing a show with Brad, actually, with my producing partner yeah. that we're developing. That's a comedy. Nice. And, yeah, I hope to continue writing and directing and uh, and acting because it's wonderful. And, you know, my I think a big lesson was just don't, don't wait for permission to do any of this stuff. So much of my... 
so many things I learned. I learned by doing and deciding, hey, I, I can do this and enlisting the right people and hiring the right people. Um, those are very important things. Those are you know? key. Um, those are key things. Hire the right yeah. people. Good grief. Hire yeah. the right people. Yeah. Had a great DP, Chloe yeah. Weaver. Oh, yes. Who was Thank you for my uh, partner. Yeah. Fan- yeah, no, she was fantastic. You know, and that's, and obviously there are so many different people who helped make this movie, but hiring those right people, finding those people who see your vision, can get behind you, look at it as an opportunity and want to make something great. You know, you never want that person on set who's just showing up to make a paycheck because, you know, contrary to popular belief, (laughs) independent film is not the most lucrative um, thing you can choose to do. But finding those people who are there, you know, for the really the right reasons and because they're passionate about making something cool. Those were those were some big lessons. Well, those are big lessons to to learn, and I think you're absolutely right about everything you said. Uh, and by the way, the cinematographer, I always say this, constantly say how important a cinematographer is so to a, the success of a project. A look can either make or break a film, and uh, not done well, you will break a film. So. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I, I yeah, well, well I, I, I will say again, and I, I, I'll keep coming back to this. I, I think you have a really dynamic presence, and, and I, I, liked, I like you as the, as the character. I like I liked what you brought to it, and I, I just feel like the camera likes you. Um, and oh, thanks. Yeah, and so, you know, well, all the best. Continued success. Um, look forward to Thank whatever you. you're doing with Brad and Brad Zions and whoever else you're doing it with so um hopefully you know as as you become uh more accustomed to the uh both sides of the camera you'll come back and join us again uh with with your new book yeah i appreciate it thank you it's been a pleasure thank you again the film is called limerence and we've been talking with the the director producer writer and lead actor in the film limerence and that would be tammy menhoff tammy thank you so much for being here Thanks. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.